This is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. My goodness. My goodness. Two games in, 2-0 and Buccaneers. And really right now, the talk of the NFL is Ryan Fitzpatrick and that rocket arm. Welcome in to another edition of Nothing But Bucks. Glad you're back for this week. As I like to say all the time on the programs that I host, tell your friends, even tell your enemies, even if they're Eagle fans, console them a little bit as we're back in and we want to spread the word about the Nothing But Bucks podcast as we recap a 27-21 Tampa Bay win over the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, it's such a shame that the Buccaneers keep making history in and around the Philadelphia Eagles. It's such a shame that the Eagles decided they didn't need Deshaun Jackson anymore And the Buccaneers hit them with a bomb to Deshaun Jackson right off the bat at the beginning of the way of the game. I want to debut the podcast the same way the Bucs debuted at Raymond James Stadium on Sunday. Here you go. High formation now with a fullback slash H-back of the snap. Play action fake. Fitzpatrick wants to throw deep. Down the field. It goes toward Deshaun Jackson. Makes a catch at the 40. To the 30. To the 25. Deshaun Jackson to the 20. 15, 10, 5. 3, 2, 1. First play of the game. Touchdown Tampa Bay. Wow. Fire. Fire the cannons. Fire them again. And we asked the question last week, and I'm asking it again now. <laughs> Maximus Gladiator 2000. Go. Are you not entertained? Buck fans, are you not entertained by Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing for another 400 yards, four more touchdowns, and the Buccaneers, the first place NFC South Buccaneers, now at 2-0, breaking records and breaking the win streak for the Eagles, dating all the way back to the playoffs last year. You know, they hadn't tasted a defeat since December of last season, late in the year. After they went on their playoff roll, their Super Bowl win, came into Raymond James Stadium off of an opening night win over the Atlanta Falcons at home. Well, the Bucs had something for them, and boy, did they. Boy, did they take it to the Eagles, and it was crazy. It was hot. I think I might be hydrated by October, rehydrated by October. I have, uh, and all I am is the sideline guy down on the radio broadcast. I'm not playing in the 15 pounds of helmet and shoulder pads and uniform like the players, but it was sweltering. And there are a lot of you that are listening to this podcast that were at Raymond James Stadium and you were sweltering, depending on if you were especially in the east sideline or in the end zones. Uh, more so, it was hot. And kudos to the Buck fans. I'll give you, I'll give you applause for hanging in there. You were well rewarded for this one. All right, so let me set the table as we like to do. If this is your first time to hear the podcast, we're going to recap the game a bit with some highlights, some excitement. You've already heard Deshaun Jackson and the exciting way the game began. I mean, uh, look, look I, I said this to Dirk Cutter after the game. You'll hear the interview coming up. If this was boxing, that was a potential first-round knockout punch right there. That was a better knockout punch than either Triple G or Canelo Alvarez had, had in their world middleweight title fight back on Saturday night. Uh, but then you got to play the rest of the game. So we're going to go through highlights of the game, post-game interviews. You're going to hear from the likes of Ryan Fitzpatrick and Deshaun Jackson and uh, later on some of the defensive guys as well like Quan Alexander and Levante David as the Buccaneers get yet another win to start the season. Who had the Bucks? 2-0. and oh. Show up Outside of the Buccaneer building, the Buccaneer radio broadcast, Buccaneers.com, the players, the coaches, did the Tampa Bay media have the Bucs 2-0? and oh? Did the national media, more importantly, have any respect for what the Bucs were going to do this season to this point? And look, I get it. 
You haven't clinched the division. You haven't clinched a playoff spot. It's early. But they've only played two games. And a lot of people were looking at at New Orleans, defending champion Eagles, and rubber stamping 0-2. Reversal of fortune. Switch that around. Buccaneers at 2-0, and it feels good. Oh, it feels oh so good. Oh-oh, fits magic. And what about that outfit after the game? Right here on Nothing But Bucks, you're going to get unique insight into exactly what it was like in the locker room when Ryan Fitzpatrick appeared out of the showers, out of the bathroom area, and was in that outfit. You know why? Because I was right there when it happened and as it was happening and what his teammates were up to. So you want to stay tuned in the podcast for that part of the story. Also... In addition to the interviews and the and the fun stuff, there was a clock controversy at the end of regulation near the two-minute warning. I want to get into that. I want to get into the exact rule. We've got clarification. Here's the good news. The NFL and the officials actually went by the rule book and the letter of the law. Now, it did not benefit and help the Bucks that it did, but the, it actually was the correct application of the rule we're talking about but this could have been a big deal for the end of the game and not being able to run out of run out the clock we're going to talk about it we're going to talk about the rule and more importantly on nothing but bucks why the rules should be changed because I, i've got insight here the competition committee needs to wake up and understand on this one the rule on timing and penalties declined or accepted has got to be changed and i'll explain why a little bit later on in the podcast but as we like to do, let's get, let's get to the highlights. And there were lots of them. We've already played the Deshaun Jackson uh, bomb to start things off. The Bucks playing a little defense in that first quarter, including Quan Alexander breaking through. Shotgun formation. Clement in motion. Dropping Foles. Foles ahead. He's hit. Loses the football. It's ruled. A fumble football. Recovered by the Buccaneers. Tampa Bay Buccaneers have the ball. Takeaway number one. Big hit by Jason Pierre-Paul. I feel it. A Quan Alexander. And Carlton Davis recovers the football. It's Buccaneer ball. Oh, yeah. Big momentum swing for the Buccaneers. But unfortunately, they turned the ball right back over two plays later. O.J. Howard hit the ball up in the air. It's intercepted by Ronald Darby. It's the momentum lost there. The Eagles had actually responded with a touchdown drive of their own. Look, they're the defending champs. You would expect they would come back and make something happen. They went on a 78-yard drive, 13 plays. Corey Clement takes it in. Early second quarter, it's 7-7. But here was the key. The Bucs always seemingly had an answer at some point in this game including what happened next. Just 12 seconds later, after another touchback, the very first play with a 7-7 game in the second quarter is to O.J. Howard. The snap, four-man rush. Fitzpatrick goes over the middle. Caught ball. Howard to the 40. Howard got outside the numbers to the left. Got a blocker on the sideline. 40, 40, 35, 30, to the 25, 20, to the 15, to the 10. Five for each one. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. O.J. Howard. Great run down the sideline, had a blocker in front. 75-yard touchdown, and Chris Godwin gets a piece of that touchdown, doesn't he? Oh, the big fella running and rumbling to the end zone. Great block by Chris Godwin. The calls of Gene Deckerhoff, Dave Moore, Buccaneers Radio. Oh, my goodness. And by the way, that's history for the Buccaneers again. For the first time ever, two 75-yard or more touchdowns in the same game. And they both happened in the first half of the game to Deshaun Jackson and there to O.J. Howard as the Bucs were right back in the end zone. Unfortunately, extra point no good from Chandler Canton zero. But uh, look, the Bucs' momentum would continue throughout the first half. 
Then the Buccaneer defense pitched a three and out, got off the field immediately with a great job, especially on the third down play, stopping Wendell Smallwood on the draw. So the Buccaneers would get the ball back with a chance to run a little two-minute offense. Six plays, 70 yards, and Ryan Fitzpatrick had the Buccaneers in the end zone again. From the eight-yard line, second down, the snap dropping to throw a flag, though it could be offside. Fitzpatrick throws against his butt. Caught ball, touchdown, Tampa Bay. Wide open to the end zone, Chris Godwin. And it's going to be and defensive offside. Godwin a with a touchdown grab, and nobody was near him, but I believe the Eagles are guilty of offside. And how stinking good is Chris Godwin? Second-year player, another touchdown catch for him. Two weeks in a row, late in the half. He's down in the red zone, making a play. 20-7, Tampa Bay at halftime and all over the NFL they were showing that Deshaun Jackson highlight at halftime talking about the Bucks and how good they looked and it would continue the Eagles end up missing a field goal at the end of the first half they come out of the locker room and the Buccaneer defense again does its job in stopping Philadelphia including on the uh the, the third down play the second down play falls through incomplete he was pressured again on third down looking for Zach Ertz for only a four-yard game a gain on that play, and then the Buccaneers get the ball back after an eagle punt midway through the third and would march 54 yards with the short field once again, working down the field with a couple of catches, one to Deshaun Jackson for a catch down the sideline and out of bounds, and then eventually this play in the third quarter to Mike Evans. Shotgun formation and Barber, a sidecar to the left hip of Wyatt Fitzpatrick. Evans wide to the right side, dropping Fitzpatrick, throws a crossing route, caught ball, touchdown Tampa Bay, Mike Evans! What a strike throw by Ryan Fitzpatrick. Well, that was part of the Buccaneers building a 27-7 lead, and you could see Philadelphia demoralized down there on the sidelines. You could see hands on the hips. They were in the dark jerseys. They were weary. The Buccaneers had them in trouble, had them on the ropes. Unfortunately, Philadelphia got in the end zone again with a Jay Ajayi touchdown to cut the lead to 27-14. And then with the Bucks driving, unfortunately, uh, Mike Evans fumbles the football on a first down catch. Buccaneers were going to be set up inside of the Philadelphia 35-yard line, and we're going to be in great shape to, to work the clock down some more and uh, and have an opportunity to basically put the game away with some more points at 30-14 to or maybe a touchdown that could make the game 34-14. Instead, it's the fumble. It's a momentum change. Philadelphia driving then at that point, up by 13. They move into scoring range, but again, the Buccaneers able to make a play on third down and then on fourth and long. Foles is throwing it up for grabs. Listen to the way that Gene and Dave called it. Fourth down and 10. They've gone for it twice, three times in this ball game. Two times it was fourth and one, and Foles got the quarterback sneak. On fourth down and four, they failed early in the third quarter. Now it's fourth down and 10. Lamar Tomek is at 25. Dropping Foles. Foles looking. Foles looking. Under pressure. He's going to go south. No, he rolls out of the pocket. Rolling out of the pocket. Looking downfield. Under pressure. Throws the ball up and it is. Oh, incomplete pass. Incomplete pass. Almost caught by Corey Clement. And Justin Evans comes up and knocks it away at the six-yard line. Man, oh man, it was a train wreck with Justin Evans barreling through Nelson Aguilar and Corey Clement to knock that ball loose. Physical sacrifice being made. Buccaneers take over on downs and got the stop for the moment. Unfortunately, Philadelphia was able to stop the Buccaneers three and out on the next possession. And then Philly able to move down quickly with Nick Foles finding Nelson Aguilar, the Tampa kid who played it 
a Tampa prep and went to USC uh, and had a good career at USC and was a good player in the postseason for the Eagles. He made a great catch in the corner of the end zone. Now the game is 27-21 in favor of the Eagle, uh, in favor of the Bucks, the Eagles trying to pooch the ball and then get the defensive stop, use their timeouts and the two-minute warning. Buccaneers were able to pick up a couple of first downs. We'll get to the clock controversy a little bit later on in nothing but Bucks. The end result is the Buccaneers pick up the second of those first downs. The two-minute warning happens. They run a couple of plays where the Eagles can't stop the clock, end up punting, and then the final play of the game here. Second down and 10 with three seconds. Final play, barring a penalty. Foles takes the snap, drops, looks, dumps it off. Look out for the hook and lateral. There's the lateral to Aguilar. Aguilar waits for a teammate. They set back Foles. Foles throws to the near side left. Caught ball on the near side by Corey Clement. Corey Clement's going to be bottled up. He wobbles. It's recovered by the Buccaneers. A fumble. Levante Davids got the recovered fumble of the box win. Fire the cannons. Oh, yeah. It counts for Levante David as he gets the fumble recovery at the very end. Nine tackles on the day as well for Levante David. A tremendous job by the Bucks. That's the way it closes out with Mean Gene and Dave there on the call from Buccaneers Radio. Uh, what can you say? 2-0 and start. Yes, Philadelphia was valiant. You knew they would be uh, coming back in the game and trying to make a game of it late. Buccaneers probably should have put the game away. Shoulda, coulda, woulda, did not. Ryan Fitzpatrick, back-to-back 400-yard games, 27 of 33, 402 yards and four more touchdowns. He becomes the first player in the history of the NFL. 99 years of the NFL. The first player ever to have back-to-back 400-yard, four-touchdown passing games to start a season. The first two games starting a year. No, not Dan Marino, not Brett Favre. Pick one, Joe Montana, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees. None of them have ever had two games to start a season, 400 or more yards, four or more passing touchdowns. Fitz Magic is right. So a great performance by him. The Buccaneers get uh, another crucial uh, early season, solid performance all the way around for four quarters and get the victory. So let's go now inside the happy locker room. Again, I got a, a great opportunity. You know, the, everybody thinks it's the greatest job in the world to go in that locker room and talk. That is until the team is losing. Well, it was great yesterday because the team is winning, and let's hope it all is winning locker rooms from here on out. I'd, I'd love to have a win streak. Uh, we got two right now. Get to four. Get to six. Get to eight if you can do that. You can't get to four, six, or eight wins in a row until you get the first two. The Bucks have done that. Happy locker room. Happy quarterback. Here's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Well, we are here in a victorious Buccaneer locker room and a 27-21 hard-fought win. And Ryan Fitzpatrick is here with us again. We'll step back. He's getting a big hug from linebackers coach Mark Duffner. Congratulations. Again, the same way that we started last week. Let's talk about the team concept and the win. How did this team pull it out today? Well, both sides of the ball you know, had their moments. You know, We had our lows and we had our moments where we stepped up. And when the plays needed to be made, I, I thought you know, as a team, we made them. And that's, that's an important piece of having a good team. All right, all over the NFL, they have been talking for the last three hours about the beginning to this game, the first play of this game, the Deshaun Jackson. Just describe what happened, what you saw. Um, 
It was one of those plays where Deshaun's really fast and he makes me look really good. I just throw the ball up, he runs underneath it and knows how to do the rest, but there's a reason he scored that many touchdowns over 60 yards. Okay, you continue to find open receivers, continue to get this team in the end zone. What? Why were you guys so successful throwing the ball with another 400-yard day, four-touchdown passing day for you? Well, you know, I think first and foremost, the explosive plays, uh, you know, for OJ to catch that ball and to run for a touchdown, obviously the D-Jack one, we've got guys with the run after the catch ability that are really, really playing well, and it does make my job easy. Okay, another play that's going to be large in the analysis of this game is the third down right before the two-minute warning, the pass to Mike Evans to get the first down. Again, just talk about, describe that play. Is he the number one option there that you're looking for? Yeah, I mean, I don't know that anybody in the world can cover that guy. So Mike Evans one-on-one -on -one, uh, in a situation like that with the game on the line, the ball's going to him, and he made a great play. One more fun one. This team now 2-0. and oh. uh, How good does that feel to hear that being said after two games? That feels awesome. Uh, you know, get to bring my boys in the locker room when we win. So they're down here in the locker room, and uh, we're going to enjoy this one again. They are all smiles behind me. Thank you, Ryan. Well, I moved on from there to the man that caught the haymaker touchdown in the first play of the game against his old team, the team that drafted him and gave up on him. Deshaun Jackson put it on the Eagles to the tune of four catches, 129 yards, and a touchdown. Here he was Sunday in the locker room at Raymond James Stadium. Deshaun Jackson is standing here with me. I was just talking. We're live here on the Buccaneers Radio Network. I was just talking with Ryan a second ago about the first play of the game. They have been talking about that play on the Internet and elsewhere for the last three hours. Describe the play as you caught the bomb. Hey, man, we just got an opportunity to go out and make a play. Um, it's kind of interesting. They did a corner blitz to Mike's side, so uh, the middle of field safety had to go cover Mike. So once he did that, it was no single high safety. And, uh, you know, I looked up, Jumbotron, Seeing fist step back and throw, I'm like, it got to be coming to me. So stayed thin. He threw it to the like middle of the field. Was able to run away from the defender, cut back. That's, the rest is history. The uh, the opening play of the game. You're in the end zone. Do you remember what you're thinking as you raced in the end zone and towards the tunnel against against your former team and some teammates? That's a blessing in disguise, man. Uh, you know, that's for my pops, man. Rest in peace, pops. Uh, you know, talked about this since I've been younger. Just uh, you know, being a legendary. You know, leaving something for the, for the league to, to understand that I made my mark, man. I've still, still got a lot of ball left in me. But, um, you know, the Ty Jerry Rice record is very emotional for me. But, uh, you know, still playing, man. Still playing. They, they, they all think I lost a step and I'm slow and can't play no more. So, you know, I'm just here for, for the long call, man. Ryan Fitzpatrick's behind us saying he hasn't lost a step. Uh, that's it. He has. He has. He, know, the know, joke. he know better than that. Yeah. So uh, about this guy, number 14 over here, back-to-back 400-yard -back games. What did he do well throughout this game beyond just the first play? Dude's unbelievable, man. He's playing out, out the world right now. Uh, you know, he's in his prime. Old, us old guys are in our prime, man. So you old, bro? How old are you, bro? 30, 31 or 11-year-old. Oh, he's 28. You know, man, I, he's playing like he's 28, and I'm playing like I'm 24, man. So as long as we keep doing that, man, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good year, man. And one more. This team, you know, no one knew really what to expect. This team has come out with two great performances to be 2-0. and Say something about that. Can't peak too early, man. We got a lot of football left. Uh, I just know this team in this locker room is a different team from how we was last year. So. Uh, you know, we got a lot, a lot of work, man. We're, we're not going to pee too soon. We're not going to get too excited. We're going to get in there and watch film tomorrow, put that one to bed, and then we got a big one coming up, a big Ben and AB coming in town. So Monday night, I grew up a Steeler fan, so I'm, I'm going to be amped up for that game too. Deshaun, congratulations. Thank you. Emotion on his face, talking about his late father, talking about how much it meant to him to go get after it on a stage like that was yesterday. 
Man, oh man. And, and I'll go ahead and tease it. At that point, Deshaun didn't have a shirt on. And uh, it would be a while before Deshaun would have a shirt on. More, <laughs> more on that coming up with a job that he was able to do. Let's go over to the defensive side of the ball. And a couple of linebackers that made great play after great play, first half, second half, Quan Alexander and Levante David. I talked with both of them after this was all said and done about what this Buccaneer defense was able to do. Uh, Buccaneers get a 27-21 win, and Quan Alexander stands here. Hard-fought game. Congratulations on the win. How did this team pull it out? Uh, we just grinded it out to the end, man. This team just worked hard, worked hard all week. You know, it, it, it's just a great thing to get a W on our belt. You made a great play in the first half of this game, all the way back to the first half, a sack fumble forced on Nick Foles as you came on the blitz. Tell me more about the play and the hit. Uh, I'm just doing my job, man. That's what Coach says, just do your job, and big plays are going to come to you. So I just did my job, got a sack, and I got my chance. You know, I just, just went through it, and I got the ball off. You know, this defense uh, continued to tighten the screws for a lot of this game as the lead got built to 27-7. What were you guys doing well most of the way today? Nothing. We were just doing our job, doing what we were supposed to do. Nobody was out doing what they wanted to do. Everybody was just playing what they had to doing what they had to do, and we were just making big plays. One of the plays that will be talked about a bunch, the fourth down play in the fourth quarter where they are down at that point, I believe, by six. It may have been down by 13. But uh, Foles was being pressured, and Justin Evans comes in to break it up, and the defense gets off the field. Yeah, man, uh, the defense has just been clicking. You know, we had to get ourselves together after that first game. And as long as we stay together and fill out each other and feed off each other and just keep playing hard and running to the ball with the swagger we got, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do something big. You have been here with a team that got off to it ended up winning 10 games. I know we're two games in, but what's the confidence level to put two games together and to be 2-0, and oh, Quan? Uh, just to put this one behind us, it's on to the next. You know, uh, we got a, we got a big opponent this week, so we're just going to stay focused, you know, uh, come back on Monday and just keep playing hard. An LSU win on Saturday, a Buck win on Sunday. That's a big weekend. It's a great weekend. It's a great weekend. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you, man. Levante David is also close by with us after this Buccaneer victory here. Hard fought. Congratulations on the win. Tell me more about this team pulling it out here today as you were able to do it. How did you guys get it done? Uh, it was just a grind from play one, man. You know, um, you know we come out here, we know we got to play to the finish. And uh, today, that's what we did. We finished well. You know, uh, Towards the end, you know, we gave up a few touchdowns to make it a make it a close game, but that's something we could fix. And um, at the end of the day, man, we're just happy with the victory. You cannot draw up a Hollywood script start to a game better than Deshaun Jackson against his old team catching a 75-yard touchdown on the first play. But I was kind of saying over here to Mike Evans, you still got 59 and a half minutes of football. Still to go. So now you got to regroup as the defense and say, hey, we still got to go and play the game, right? Great play or not? Right, right. I mean, that's something I've never seen before since I been playing football very first play of the game go deep like that but um you know that's your respect out of those guys man great play drawing up great pass great crash gave great finish but um you know it was a start to what it was a start that we wanted a fast start and um finished the game well it was hot out there today what's it like to be battling the heat as well as an opponent you've been through it before but what about it today uh it's tough as always it's tough but uh, at the end of the day man you know Got to grind through it. Got to grind through it. You got to be drinking. Got to be hydrated. You can't let it get to you, man. Just got to refocus every time you're out there because you know it's going to be like that to the end, man. And we, this is what we expected, though. We, we knew it was going to be hot. We knew it was going to be a tough, rough day. And uh, it was a grind. Both teams played well. And uh, luckily, we just came out with the victory.
This team, you know, there's been a lot of question about what's going to happen with Ryan Fitzpatrick in there at quarterback and some new faces, obviously, on the defense and some young players. Let, let's stop on that point. I mean, you guys are calling on young guys in the secondary that are rookies or relatively inexperienced. Say something about that unit being able to hold it together for a lot of the day, too, if you will. We got confidence in those guys because they got confidence in themselves. You know, they all, every time they're out there on the field, they feel like they're the best player at their position on the field. And uh, that's why we have the mo utmost confidence in those guys. When they got there, they execute. And um, you can't do nothing but take your head off to those young guys, you know, uh, putting their big boy pants on to come out there and playing, helping us get, get wins. And one more, because, again, along those same lines, a lot of people would have said it's going to be a tough start for the Buccaneers. To be 2-0, and oh, I know it's early in the regular season, but to, how satisfying is it to get two wins right away? I mean, it's cool for now. You know, uh, just take it one game at a time. Take it one game at a time. That's what we've been doing. You know, we finished uh, last week, got a victory. This week, got a victory. And uh, well, we should have put this on the bed, get some rest, and uh, come back next week and get ready for another uh, big big test for us and uh, try to end, uh, end that game with a victory as well. Levante, thank you. Congratulations. Yep, thank you. Credit where it is due. The Buccaneers got the stops they had to have. They got turnovers in the game uh, as well. And at the end of this thing, it reached 27-21 in favor of Tampa Bay. Let's stay inside that winning Buccaneer locker room. Mike Evans, a 10-catch day, another touchdown to start this 2018 season. Here he was after it was done. We'll keep it right here for a moment with Mike Evans standing here. My goodness, this team finds a way yet again. How did you find a way as a team to get to 2-0? Um, well, both sides of the ball played great. Played really good complimentary football. Uh, we had some mistakes. Uh, I had some. I had a couple big ones, uh, fumble and a, and, a, and a drop in the first half. Um, you know, I can't, I can't do that. You know, I'm one of the best players on the team, and I can't do that. But, um, you know, we found a way to overcome and make the plays when they mattered most at the end. Uh, this start to this game could not have been scripted any better, especially with who caught it, Deshaun Jackson. The thing is, you still got 59 minutes to play. So let's talk about the play, and then you got to almost put it away because you still got to play a whole game. Absolutely. I mean, we wanted to build off that. You know, it's, it's great to score on the, on the first play. You know, that's, that's awesome. And DJ, we've been working on that a lot in practice. And uh, it's cool to see that, you know, get hit, um, you know, in the game. But um, I feel like there was more to be had for the offense. Um, you know, but I can't I can't do what I did. And um, I look forward to fixing everything and uh, getting a better show Monday night. All right, a couple more for you. Ryan Fitzpatrick, second week in a row, I get to ask you about that job. Back-to-back 400-yard, -back four touchdown games. Mm -hmm. What stands out with him in the huddle, with him making those throws, Mike? It's just, I mean, no, nobody's surprised. I mean, we have a very good quarterback room. I mean, nobody's surprised that he's making the plays he's making. Um, the O-line is playing awesome. Um, our receivers and all the pass catchers, tight ends, running backs are, are doing a, a hell of a job in practice. And um, it's carrying over. So we're excited about that. And we look forward to staying healthy and doing that all year. The third down play late in the game, just before the two-minute warning. Is that your ball all the way? And, and if it is, what are you thinking, if anything, as you know it's coming to you on a crucial play? Yeah, I, I knew it was coming. Um, this man coverage is the, is the one, maybe two times they pressed all game, me personally. And then I got what, got the look I wanted. Uh, he was holding. Uh, I'm, I'm, a big, I'm a big guy. Uh, got him off me a little bit, and uh, Fitz made a great throw. Congratulations. Great playing. Congrats on another win. All right, thank you, man. Appreciate it. 
Again, all of these interviews courtesy of Buccaneers Radio and our post-game coverage. A reminder, the home of the Bucks, 98 Rock and the Buccaneers Radio Network, the Buccaneers mobile app to hear us at the conclusion of all of these games. Hear the post-game coverage, the live locker room show. I'm in there getting interviews, including head coach Dirk Cutter, who we'll hear from in a couple of moments. A Gerald McCoy, veteran defender, had a sack in that game yesterday, was held on a couple of occasions, tripped and held to keep from blowing up other plays. He anchored that defensive line that had Jason Pierre-Paul and Vinnie Curry uh, and others wreaking havoc on Nick Foles throughout the game. Here was Gerald McCoy as I spoke with him after the 27-21 win. I'm looking at Gerald McCoy, and I'm coming over here to talk with him for a quick second. Hey, congratulations on the victory number 93 that's the most important thing how and why is this team 2-0 and right now oh just believe in ourselves work we put in um we definitely put in a lot of work starting from the spring and uh guys believe you gotta believe you're gonna win and go out there and play that way and um, i believe we did that today you were able to get to the quarterback as a defense you specifically and as a defense on more than one occasion today why were you guys having that kind of success you rattled foals at times you got a sack fumble in the game too yeah well here's the thing man uh, last week we didn't um, you know it was our first game playing together we didn't really have the chemistry going but as week as the weeks go on the, the chemistry will build and uh, you got a glimpse of it today and all we got to do is uh, start stacking them man and uh, just believe in each other trust the plan and just go guys got to stop late in this game where Justin Evans broke up the pass on the fourth down. I know you had to go back on the field one more time at the very end, but how gratifying is it to get out there, get the stops you needed, and put it away? Well, it's excellent, man. Uh, you know, uh, we owe the offense. You know, they had our backs last week, and this week we had to have their back. That's the thing about uh, team, the good the good ones. They play all three phases. Our special teams, lights out. You know, uh, Ryan Smith, jeez, he, he just he did it today. So um, all three phases showed up, showed up when necessary. We got the win. Congratulations. Great playing. Thank you. TJ, thank you. And then finally, a happy head coach, Dirk Cutter, all smiles after another tremendous job by Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback after a defense that made the game-stopping plays that they had to make uh, throughout this contest, a 27-21 victory. And the coach even had some friends and family gathering around that wanted to do a special cheer on our post-game interview. I don't know how many of you have heard about this cheer because it kind of got upstaged by Ryan Fitzpatrick's wardrobe. But here were the Idahoans. Is that how you say it? The Idaho people. They were anxious to come and be part of the post-game uh, celebration with the Bucks down in the locker room. Here's a happy head coach with them. Well, a 27-21 win for the Bucks over the Philadelphia Eagles and a happy head coach, Dirk Cutter, is here with us. Congratulations on the victory. I know the smile is on the face. How did you guys get this done? Well, unbelievable start, number one. I mean, something that was uh, a little bit off schedule, but uh, fits great read, nice pickup from uh, Peyton Barber and then Deshaun being Deshaun. Now, now TJ, before you ask yep. this question, we got a special treat all the way from Pocatello, Idaho. Yep. We got some special Pocatello fans here today, and they're going to give you guys an exclusive Pocatello, Idaho Bucks cheer. Let's, let's all have right, it. He wants the Bucks cheer. Go ahead on the count of three. One, two, three, go. Bucks, Bucks, living the dream. What's the matter with the Eagles team? Nothing, nothing, nothing at all. They just can't play ball. <laughs> They've been waiting on that. Hey, man, we, you know, it's, it's kind of lonely in Pocatello. 
<laughs> it's, it's probably a lot cooler. We need to make sure they're yeah, hydrated. Oh my too. gosh. I told them yesterday they got to hydrate because it was smoking out there on that field today. Okay, I will say this, which is full disclosure. The coach said, can they do the cheer? I said, you're 2-0. They can do whatever they want. <laughs> yeah, so. well, that's a, that's a good thing. The guys, hey, I couldn't be prouder of our team, man. Our guys fought. Uh, on both sides, every game's different. You know, uh, we did make some big plays on offense, but today, today our defense came up big. Okay, you mentioned the opening play of the game. In boxing, it's a first-round knockout a lot of times when those things happen. Now, as great as the play was, you got 59 and a half minutes of football still to go that you got to refocus on, right? Yeah, well, it, like I said, we weren't, we weren't planning that as a home run. Uh, we, we were just going to play action and throw a little pass to Mike, and they went with a corner blitz. Fitz read it and uh, and launched it, and you know there was Deshaun making a making a huge play. So uh, sometimes that happens, and that that's what a, a guy like Deshaun Jackson can do. I know that you are aware of this game and this game only, but the NFL has been talking about that play for three and a half hours after the opening play of the game all over the internet, et cetera, for the way it starts. Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, two games in a row. I'll just let you take it on what you've seen. He's putting the ball on the money, you know, his accuracy and, and uh, letting playmakers make their plays, giving guys chances to make plays. I mean, you know, what can you say? Ryan's, Ryan's playing lights out right now. You know, uh, as this game wore on, you knew you were going to have to make plays. Your defense did get stops. One of them, a fourth down play where you're pressuring Nick Foles and Justin Evans, the second-year safety, lit up Corey Clement to keep the catch from happening. In a game where every play counted, that was a big one, was it not? It really, it really was. That's That play seemed like it took about 25 minutes. I mean, he was back there scrambling around, and, you know, you thought we were in good position, but uh, that, was a, that was a nice play by Justin, and we were just so happy to get get the ball back. Uh, for this team, you know, you know, forget about what pundits or naysayers have to say. To be 2-0 and right now, coming off of these first two games, how confident now will this team be? To get, I know you haven't won anything yet, but to get to two wins right away, what does that do for the confidence? Well, it should be really good for the confidence. And, uh, it, you know, today was awesome. And, you know, we're going to enjoy it for a while. We got an extra day of rest this week because of the Monday night game. But, hey, let's... It won't be 200 degrees on the field next Monday night, so let, let's uh, pack Ray J and let's uh, let's give this team let's let's get behind this team so so it's tough on Pittsburgh's offense. Coach, congratulations! Thank you. All right, thanks. All smiles for sure in a 27-21 victory as the Buccaneers move to two and zero. First time since 2010, we can say that. And how about how sweet does this sound, Buccaneers fans, on the Nothing But Bucks podcast? Uh... 2-0 is good enough for first place in the NFC South. With the loss by Carolina at Atlanta, the Buccaneers now have first place with everybody else being 1-1. One one. Behind them at 2-0 with the Pittsburgh Steelers coming in for this coming Monday night. So it does have a good ring to it for sure. And now on this Nothing But Bucks podcast, let's get to some of your feedback. As always, you are welcome to tweet at me at Buck Sideline Guy, B-U-C, at Buck Sideline Guy. Follow me on Twitter throughout the weekend, game day, etc. And we love your input, your questions, your comments at Buck Sideline. You can also use at Buck Sideline Guy. You can also use the hashtag Bucks Radio. I'll be able to see 
tweets to the hashtag Bucks Radio if you have some of those as well. Some of you are already asking about different things. Uh, Scott, who's a big Buccaneer fan from the New Jersey, Pennsylvania area, was down at the game. He says, hey, regarding the penalty that stopped the clock at the end of the game and left the glimmer of hope, should it have been changed? Scott, I'm going to address that coming up here in a couple of minutes on the podcast. Thanks for the question. Uh, let's see. El, El Feo Grande, who's also a Scott, I believe. El Feo Grande tweets me and says, the Bucks have long been able to deal with adversity and personnel struggles. How will they be able to handle success? Great question. Great problem to have at 2-0. I don't think anybody, at least on the national level, believed this team would be going into the Pittsburgh game at 2-0. We're going to find out how they handle it and uh, and what the veterans do. Danielle tweets me, who I know. She sends to the hashtag Bucks Radio. Has everyone, anyone ever seen McGregor and Fitzpatrick in the same room? Good point. Fitz, Fitz with the bigger beard, the bigger build, but Conor McGregor, yes. So we, li- <laughs> we like that on the humor. Uh, love to have your questions, your comments, your opinions here again to at Buck Sideline Guy. That's mine on Twitter or the hashtag Bucks Radio. Love to uh, to get the feedback on the Nothing But Bucks podcast throughout the week or the weekend or right after the game is over with. So send those along. And now let's move on to some of the stuff after the game was over with. Let me give you some insight. You've seen now on the internet, Buccaneers.com, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, the Ryan Fitzpatrick post-game news conference where he showed up. The best way to describe it, because it's a podcast, you can't see me. You've probably seen the photos, but the best way to describe it is it looked like a Conor McGregor Halloween costume starter set with the black shirt, the open collar, the jewelry, the dark black sunglasses. It looked like something out of chips, like and John ready to ride a motorcycle for the California Highway Patrol. And it turns out it was Deshaun Jackson's outfit. Deshaun Jackson's clothes, glasses, the chains. It dominated the internet. The Bucks won the internet. Fitzpatrick, Fitzmagic won the internet, I think, on Sunday afternoon and Sunday night with the outfit. Let me give you a little insight, though. You heard the interview here earlier on the Nothing But Bucks podcast about uh, uh, midway through the conversations that were going on in the locker room. I'm talking to Quan Alexander, and I had Quan away from where everybody else was in the media over near the uh, the locker room, uh, shower area, and bathroom area. That's when Fitzpatrick, who I talked to first about 10 minutes earlier, probably 8, 10 minutes earlier, he emerged from that shower area wearing that outfit, wearing Deshaun Jackson's clothes, and had put the sunglasses on. When he did that... His teammates began to come over. They stopped their interviews. They came over. They began to take selfies, pictures, put it on the internet themselves. That was before what you saw in the media room. So I'm standing there talking to Quan, and I'm trying to be a professional. I am a, an alleged professional, right, here on the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Uh, and so I'm, I'm trying not to laugh. I'm talking to Quan. Quan's got his back to what's going on. He can't really see it. We wrap up with Quan. We go to the commercial break, and Quan's laughing. Uh, standing there watching this go on, and then Fitzpatrick goes in, and you've seen what you've seen, uh, courtesy of uh, the post-game interview area, where Deshaun is standing there without his shirt on by the by the door, and Ryan says, uh, Fitzmagic says, uh, hey, i got to wrap this up a couple more because Deshaun needs his clothes back. 
Uh, and then and then our buddy Rock Riley, who's been in this market almost 25 years, or right at 25 years doing radio and TV, asked the question of Fitzpatrick, of that of that ensemble, the shirt, et cetera, what is yours? And he had a great answer. The chest hair is mine. So bravo. Another round of applause for Ryan Fitzpatrick, the 400-yard pass games. Hey, when you're winning games and you're able to, to laugh about it and keep it loose, that's what you love. You love to see the personality of these guys come out and be loose. And Ryan Fitzpatrick had that for the personality on Sunday for sure. So kudos to him and kudos to the Buccaneers uh, for the job that they were able to do in this one. All right, let's go over a couple of the final numbers, and then I want to get to one of the clock situations. Again, Fitzpatrick, 27 of 33 for 402 yards, the four touchdowns. It is officially credited as an interception on the ball to O.J. Howard that he was kind of bobbling, didn't really have. The ball got knocked in the air. Maybe could have been called a fumble, but it was caused It was caused uh, by a hit, and the ball never touched the ground, so they ruled it an interception. So it does go down as an interception. That's about the only blip on Fitzpatrick's record there uh, for that one. Uh, Again, the receiving yards, Deshaun Jackson, 75 on the first play, so he gets four catches, 129. O.J. Howard, three catches, the 75-yard touchdown catch, the big one. He finished with 96 yards receiving. Mike Evans, 10 catches, 83 yards, one big third down after another. I know he had the fumble. He's beating himself up about it. You heard the interview earlier here on the Nothing But Bucks podcast. But look, Mike was large over and over again with third down catches, including the one at the end of the game that should have helped run the clock out. More on that in a few moments. Chris Godwin, five more catches, 56 yards, and a touchdown uh, in this one. That third, uh, that that, uh, period, that second period touchdown for Godwin is his uh, touchdown inside the red zone for the second straight week. Great job by the young man out of Penn State in his second year. Great hustle on the O.J. Howard uh, catch and run, though, to throw the block 40 yards downfield by Chris Godwin uh, as well. All right, to the Tampa Bay defense, let's mention the name Ryan Smith, who had nine tackles. Seven of them were solo, a couple of them on special teams, helping pin the Eagles back deep. We mentioned Levante David, six solo tackles, nine total, had a, had a half a tackle for loss, had the fumble recovery on the very last play of the game. Love me some 54, Levante. David, Quan Alexander, six solo tackles, had the sack fumble, had three other tackles for loss. Tremendous job by him. How about Carlton Davis, six unassisted tackles in the game for the rookie? How about Jordan Whitehead coming in to play safety when Chris Conti was injured? He had four unassisted tackles. MJ Stewart, a rookie, all over the field. Five more tackles for that rookie including a tackle for loss. Do you realize that for a good portion of the second half of the game, with Conte injured and in and out of the lineup, the Buccaneers at times had three rookies playing their second game on the field at the same time with Stewart, Davis, and Whitehead as the center. Ryan Smith kind of holding it in as a veteran uh, a little bit. Justin Evans as a veteran safety second year, if you can call that in air quotes, being a veteran, but he played all of last season. Young, young Buccaneers secondary was hanging in, and we made mention of that with Gerald McCoy in the conversation. Give Mike Smith credit. Give John Hoke and Brett Maxey credit back there in that defensive backfield as the position coaches because those young guys definitely played up to the standard. It is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Again, the Buccaneers at 2-0 and off the wins at New Orleans and against Philadelphia, and the NFL is talking all about the job that has been done by the Bucs and uh, and the 2-0 and start. Again, it's only two games. There's a long way to go in this season, but you'd much rather be 2-0 and than 0-2, and you'll take 2-0 and over 1-1 and 
Because the wins all count at the end of the year when you're looking for postseason numbers. When you are looking for the opportunity to make the playoffs, win the division, maybe have a home game, maybe have a bye week, everything that you did in September and October still matters. It's great that you can run off wins at the end of the year, but how many times have we seen it even in the Buccaneers case? Look at two years ago where the team got to 8-5 and five and, and was on the cusp with the possibility of being able to make the playoffs uh, that year, unfortunately could not make the playoffs that year, ended up losing the next two games uh, in that season. You would have loved for earlier in the year when you got off to a 1-3 start to have just had one of those wins because at that point you're then obviously 9-5 and five and all but in the playoffs in that scenario. Buccaneers had, speaking of 2010, the last time you're 2-0, and oh, had a chance to be at the playoffs in the playoffs that year. And it came down to a tiebreaker. They got in a three-way tiebreaker with Green Bay and with the New York Giants. And you would have loved to earlier in that season where you lost a couple of games in September. You had a September loss to the uh, to the Pittsburgh Steelers. You had another couple of losses in and around there. You did end up winning 10 games at the very end. But you would have loved for the chance to have had your destiny clinched in Week 14 or Week 15 where you already make a playoff spot before you get to the last couple games, or maybe clinch it in Week 16 where you get that playoff spot or clinch that division. That is done by winning games early on in the year. You set yourself up to be able to go where you want to go. Look at Philadelphia last year. Even post Wentz's injury, they were 11-2. All the wins at the beginning of the season mounted up and helped them be able to win the division, get the home field advantage, and get the bye. Wentz went out with three weeks to go, uh, in the in the regular season, and they were still to get able to get everything they needed to get because of the eleven and two start. Is my point. So again, bravo to the Buccaneers on that front. Couple more quick things before we out, we're out of here on nothing but Bucks and the podcast. And a reminder again to subscribe via iTunes. You can find this on Buccaneers.com and the Buccaneers mobile app. You can subscribe through Apple and the iTunes Store, Apple Podcast, because then the the podcast will come automatically to your device, to your phone, to your iPad. It comes instantly there if you're a subscriber through uh, through Google Play or whatever other forms that you have. You want to subscribe, you want to have the podcast appear directly on your device, do it. And by the way, rank the podcast. Go ahead and rank it. Go ahead and give it a review because then more Buccaneer fans will find out about it. Share it. Share it on social media. Let them know about nothing but Bucks. This is episode two. They want to subscribe. You want to subscribe because it comes automatically to you and we thank you for being here. All right, so the clock situation at the end of regulation and just before the two-minute warning. Uh, This is an important point because we were talking about on Buccaneers Radio the end of the game and how it all unfolded at the end of this contest with the Buccaneers getting a first down and the Eagles being out of timeout. So on the play itself, it's a third down play to Mike Evans where he comes up with the catch and comes up with the first down that should have been able to run the clock down to the two-minute warning where the Eagles had no timeouts left. In that instance, though, there was a flag thrown for pass interference on the Philadelphia defensive back. And so the officials stopped the clock for the penalty and then discussed the penalty and said, okay, Bucks, what do you want? And they said, penalty declined. We want the catch by Mike Evans. So the penalty was declined. 
So I believed, and many of us believed, and in listening back to the television broadcast, for example, on Sunday night, uh, Fox's Kenny Albert and the former Buccaneer Rondé Barber doing the game, they're talking about on the air, why is the clock not running? Rondé mentioned it immediately, and then the clarification came. So the officials and the NFL Replay Command Center, where Al Riveron, the, the director, the head of officiating, is in that command center, relayed uh, after the game to everybody, relayed at the time, it is correct that the clock should have stopped in that instance. And I'm going to refer to the exact rule now out of the NFL rule book because being your humble host on Nothing But Bucks, I wanted to get to the bottom of what exactly is the timing rule. So you go under the NFL rule book, which you can find online. You can go and search um, all about it. Under the section uh, that is designated game timing, that is rule four, and this has to do with how long the periods are. This has to do with what is the two-minute warning, how long is halftime, what what happens uh, after the top uh, after the toss of the coin, what happens after the change of goals, in what period, when does the game clock stop, when does it start. So rule four is all about that. You go under rule four, you go under section three, and section three is specifically in this instance about starting the game clock, which in this case would have been the Bucks' ally. Once the penalty is declined because they stopped the clock to talk about it, should not the game clock have started? The answer is no, but there's more to this. All right, so rule four, section three under starting the clock, here are the reasons why the clock will continue to run. The reasons why the clock will continue to run is if there is an injury timeout prior to the two-minute warning, the clock will start as soon as the injury is over with in that instance. If there is an excessive team timeout that's taken after the two-minute warning, so let's say the Eagles in this case yesterday who were out of timeouts had taken a timeout to stop the clock, guess what? You don't get rewarded for that. You actually get penalized, I believe, for unsportsmanlike conduct, and then they start the clock. So under subset C, the clock starts in that instance. Subset D, if there is a referee's timeout to talk about something, to measure, etc., then the game clock starts as the referee winds the clock when the ball is ready for play. If the clock is stopped after a down by by after a foul by either team, here's what happens under subset E. If the clock is stopped by a foul from either team, Following the enforcement or the declination, the declining of the penalty, the game clock will start as if the foul had not occurred except under these timing rules. Here you go. If it happens in the final two minutes of the first half, accept the penalty, decline the penalty, the clock remains stopped. And the second one, if the foul happens in the last five minutes of the second half, the clock also remains stopped. Okay, so that's the rule. Again, rule four, section three, under the subset E, the two instances where the clock does not wind is after a penalty in the final two minutes of the first half or the final five minutes of regulation. All right, so now here's where TJ chimes in. And Rhonda even mentioned this to the game broadcast, and we were talking about this on the air on Buccaneers Radio as well. You're rewarding the Eagles for a penalty. In this instance, when they are out of timeouts and when you've got crafty coaches all over football, they will now look at something like this and say, I can benefit from intentionally committing a penalty and I can get the clock stopped. The competition committee has got to address this subset rule that if the team that has the ball that wants the, the clock to run 
Or you can even flip this over. Let, let's flip it over hypothetically to a team that is out of timeouts, that is trying to run plays and trying to make something happen. All right? So under this rule, stay with me on this, I'm out of timeouts if the Eagles had gotten the ball back. I am running a play in the final two minutes of the game. We complete a pass. I now know this rule. I can go make a block in the back. Let's say I complete a 30-yard catch and run. Down the field, one of my guys can go make a block in the back, and that is going to stop the clock without us having to clock it. And under this rule, under this rule, because it's a penalty, accepted or declined, the clock is going to stop. Until the snap, the clock is going to stop. Again, it's in the rule book. You can look it up. Look at rule four. Look at section three. Look at subset E. Don't just take TJ's word for it. Look at the rule. So if you're a defensive team like the Eagles were yesterday, it's in your interest to purposely commit a penalty in the final two minutes to stop the clock again. Because under this rule, again, it's something that ought to be addressed. Under this rule, with under two minutes to go yesterday, if the Eagles had committed a penalty on one of those final two plays, the clock would have stopped and would not have started again until the snap. Because it's black and white in the rule book, in the enforcement. So... Uh, again, it works out for the Bucks. They win 27-21. I'm not on the competition committee. I'm just a guy doing a podcast. I'm just pointing out what we saw. And in the older days, I'm not even talking about 10 years ago. I'm probably not even talking about five years ago. I don't know when this was changed. If, if you have a running clock and you have a decline penalty, the clock is running. Period. So if you're on offense or if you're and you're and you're trying to score and you don't have any timeouts, you don't get any benefit. The clock is running. If you're on defense, you can't commit a penalty and have it help you. You cannot give a competitive advantage to a team that is out of timeouts committing a penalty by having them stop the clock and having it help them. All right, I think I'm off my soapbox here on the Nothing But Bucks podcast. And again, for anybody that wants to question this and what I'm talking about, go read the rule. It's right there under the exceptions to it. Under Section 3 of when the clock will start and under Subsection E, it says it in black and white. So if a penalty happens on either team, you stop the clock until the next snap. And all I'm saying is, and I'm not the only one saying it, you're encouraging other teams to purposely commit some kind of penalty if they can, live action while the play's going on. This doesn't apply to a, a situation where you're at the line of scrimmage and the play hasn't run yet, a dead ball situation. But a live ball situation with a penalty, under the timing rules, the clock stops. Let's see if it doesn't get addressed. Let's see if it gets played up even more. All right, so Buccaneers get the win. 27-21, the 2-0 start. Congratulations again to Dirk Cutter, to those players. Well-deserved couple of days to rest because it's a longer week with the Pittsburgh Monday night game coming. Looming on Monday evening. Buccaneer fans, get ready to be there. Get ready to be loud. You're going to honor Tony Dungy at halftime. Love that man. Love the fact that he changed the culture forever in Tampa Bay, turning around what had been a perennial losing situation with the franchise. Awful. Into a winning playoff contending situation in Tampa Bay. Tony Dungy goes on to a Hall of Fame career winning a Super Bowl with the Colts. He's going to go into the ring of honor and immortality at Raymond James Stadium coming up on Monday night. Cannot wait for that at halftime. Cannot wait to see Coach Dungy again former players that will be there, Monday night football that will be there, the Steelers at 0-1-1, coming in on Monday night off of a loss to Kansas City at home. Cannot wait to see what the Bucs can do coming up on Monday night football. And we'll be back next week to recap all of it as part of the Nothing But Bucks podcast. My thanks again to everybody involved with the Buccaneers Radio Network and specifically to Steve Carney for helping me out with the highlights, the interviews you heard. 
everything uh, that transpired. We thank you for listening. Again, subscribe to the show via iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Listen to the show as well, Buccaneers.com, Buccaneers mobile app. Search for it in the Apple Podcasts and iTunes and Google Play and elsewhere under Nothing But Bucks. That's the name of the podcast, Nothing But Bucks. I'm TJ Reeves, 2-0, first place Buccaneers off a win over the Eagles. Have a great week. Get ready, get rested, be ready to go for Monday Night Football next Monday night. We'll come back after it's all done with another edition of Nothing But Bucks from Buccaneers.com and Buccaneers Radio. Bye.